So, in a few days, I'm going to be 72 years old. And I was watching um, a new David Bowie documentary on uh, BBC Express, I think it's called, called Finding Fame. If you're any kind of Bowie fan, it's really worth watching. Um, just It's all about the years leading up to Ziggy Stardust. And there were like 10 years and, and many, many failures. Uh, he just kept going. Uh, fascinating. And I wish, you know, that the that big the big documentary that just came out, Moon Age Daydream, had been a little more like this. And that Moon Age Daydream was was interesting, but it was all spectacle, and it was kind of relentless. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I can't. My my guitar's in the shop my Kono so I can't plug this directly into the into the little mixer here so you can hear it kind of in the background I forgot how much I like this uh, this guild though I just it's the neck is kind of weird I like I like the Kono neck a lot better I like the Kono sound better too but this is a lovely guitar but um I what was the what else was I watching? Oh, I know what what what, what I was thinking about because I was thinking about the you know the thing I talked about the other day, uh, getting the guitar back to Joe, and um, you know something I wish Moon Age Daydream had touched upon was David Bowie getting sober. Because he did. He was a horrific cocaine addict in the 70s. I mean, it almost killed him. I mean, it's painful to look at pictures of him back then. He weighed less than 100 pounds. I don't know how he made the music he did (laughs) in that state, but, I mean, he doesn't even remember making Station to Station, which, you know, some... Arguably his best album ever. I don't necessarily think that, but I can. I mean, it's so so amazing. Um, but yeah, I I wish Moon Age Daydream had touched on that. The funny thing is, when it uh, there's very little documentation of what led up to him getting sober and. You know, he was an active member in AA for 25 years. He never talked about it. I mean, it's what we're supposed to do. We're not supposed to talk about it, you know, press, radio, and TV. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of of everything we do, you know. And uh, and he adhered to that. And uh, But, you know, when I was... My, in my first year of sobriety and found out he was sober, it was like an affirmation like... Um, you hard hard to imagine. It meant a lot to me. I mean, I was going to stay sober no matter what, but to find out my hero had was on the same path, um, 
It was it was great. It was an affirmation. I remember he said something about a, a Zen master in Japan said the twelve step program is the Dharma, the spiritual path of the West, and I agree. I mean, the twelve steps are just really kind of unfiltered, pure spirituality, and you can find, you know, what's what's in the twelve steps pretty much in any religion on earth, but there's no dogma attached to it, which you know, no, you know, no Buddha, no Jesus, no Muhammad, and nothing. Because, and this is what I really wanted to get to, if you're an alcoholic like me, or David Bowie, or my father, or my mother, or my brother, or my sister, all of whom are dead, David, not from alcohol and drugs, but my the, the, my family, yes. Getting sober is like the fundamental fact of, of, of your life. At that point, it is a turning point. It is a rebirth. Um, and um, I, it, I, it's, it's so important. Uh, I can't, you know, I mean, well, you get to that place where it's, we call the jumping off place. The moment of clarity. What are you going to do? I don't know if people who don't get sober have a moment of clarity. I mean, I know everybody who gets sober has that moment of clarity where all of a sudden... The denial has dropped, the blinders have dropped, and you see your life and what you've become. And there's no looking away. And you have two choices. I mean, I had two choices. Either, you know, jump off the bridge or find a a way to stay here. And I, I... Luckily, made it back to uh, AA, and that was uh, be thirty-two years in December. And I wish they could have touched a little more on that in that Moon Age daydream or somewhere. I found one. There is one video clip where the interviewer is asking Bowie, you know, if he ever has a glass of wine. <laughs> At Christmas, or that's a classic thing. I can't tell you how many times people are like, "Can't you even have a glass of wine at Christmas?" <laughs> when people ask me that, I think, oh, "You're one of us. I'll save you a seat." Because it doesn't matter. <laughs> no one, no one of us wants one glass of wine. Maybe start with two bottles. <laughs> that's the reality. Like Robin Williams says, I wish they'd show the truth on beer commercials. It's 5 a.m. I just pissed on a dumpster. It's Miller time. (laughs) That's more like it. But David's response to the interviewer's question was, why would I ever want to do that? I'm an alcoholic, which was, of course, the perfect answer. But I don't... I don't think Earth people (laughs) understand, so. 
And that's okay. But yeah, so I'm very grateful because, you know, the how I'm feeling these days. I mean, basically perfect health. And I'll be 72. I was supposed to die when I was born. The doctors told my parents to forget it. I was a goner. I was premature. I got infant diarrhea, and that's what they thought was going to kill me. I was in an incubator. Yet here I am. And like I say, I'm, you know, I the past 32 years, I, I, have to, I have to thank a power greater than myself. I mean, there's, I attribute it, I mean, and living this life and so much to be grateful for. Okay, I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna. Say goodbye for now. And uh, God, I love playing guitar. <laughs> if you like this podcast, please tell your friends. Please. Oh, that's another thing made me think of this. I was at an event the other night. I was doing the photo booth. We were taking a dinner break. This really cool guy named Will, whose birthday is November 14th, my mother's birthday. And my son, my son who's going to be 41 on November 9th, same name. We were talking. He goes, how was your 40th birthday? And I said, terrible. And he said, really? I said, yeah, my wife had, you know, it's the end of my drinking. My wife was trying to kick me out of the house, and <laughs> terrible. But that was about the time, you know. I, I said, I think I quit drinking like three weeks later. So, anyway, if you like this podcast, please tell your friends. Please. Subscribe. Please leave a review, preferably positive somewhere. And this is Knox, riding the wild bubble with you forever. <laughs>